Hello, welcome to Reanimated. This is episode 304 of our fine, fine podcast. And my name is Stuart and I'm one of the two, I don't know, hosts. <laughs> God damn it. My name is Stuart and I'm, I'm one of your hosts. Joining me are the dulcet tones of H.A. Conrad coming at us from the East Coast. Hello, H.A. dulcet snorting of of H.A. Conrad. Yeah, dulcet true. and snorting are two complimentary sounds. It's true. It's true. Um, but welcome. Uh, and and we are uh, talking a little bit more about Walking Dead today, but we have a few news items. Um, it's getting to be Halloween season, so there's a little bit out. There's actually quite a few things out there. Yep. Um, we've mentioned this a couple of times before, but I, you know, um, I am... I'm sure we will probably talk about it maybe at some point, but um, Day of the Dead series just debuted on sci- uh, sci-fi or sci-fi as I like to call it um, yesterday. And stick to your guns, stick to your I guns, know, AJ. I stick know. with sci-fi. It's your it's your brand. Sci-fi is my brand. Um, and you know, I read a couple of the reviews, and doesn't shock me that there's it's sort of like middling reviews. But yeah, um, we'll probably check it out at some point. Um, I will just make note that apparently the effects are pretty good. So, yeah, the stills uh, I've seen have looked good. Yeah. I, I think what people are going to be looking for is, does this deserve to have a Romero style title? Yeah. And I mean, at, at least with a couple of the trailers I saw, um, they're trying to kind of be all things to all people, i.e. like kind of that. I don't know. I don't want to call it the CW sensibility, but that's kind of what it is with this like you know, uh, maybe it's like more of like a Riverdale sensibility, <laughs> like, and <laughs> that's a little bit ha- a hard line to walk in a zombie apocalypse. So, um, so speaking, I guess speaking of Riverdale, uh, not to, to completely go off on a tangent, but did you see the news that Sabrina is going to go to Riverdale now? Ooh, well, that's kind of cool. I kind of like Sabrina. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, wait, like her, the actor or the character? I think the, sh- I think the show is like merging or something now that she's out of, I don't know. I just but saw one headline that suggested. Am that, I, that. maybe I didn't catch up or whatever, but I I'm thought. Oh, well, I mean, like, spoiler alert, everybody. I mean, I thought she died. Mm-hmm. In the show, but maybe. I mean, doesn't she have control over those kinds of things? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, I'll have to check that out. Um. However, but, this show, yeah, we will have give it the old reanimated uh, try, it's um, and then we'll we'll report back. But um, yeah, I'm not loving the the reviews that I'm seeing so far. But you know what? Reviews. Yeah, I know. I, I you have to take it with a grain of salt. But um, other things but, that must be taken with a grain of salt include the next uh, in the massive spinoff machine that is AMC's The Walking Dead, or uh, cash grab as you might perceive it I mean, this I was do. this was a known we knew this show was coming they mentioned yeah, they talked did. about this a year plus ago and this is the anthology show has been announced which is going to be named and i've already forgotten it was so it's like tales of the dead tales of the like walking that. dead yeah and honestly there's a lot of there's a lot of fodder here you know scott gimple was always great at telling little stories about other survivors um way better at it than althea uh with her freaking video <laughs> memoirs Not- let us not talk about Althea. Let us not mention Althea in these hallowed halls. But, um, you know, so it's not he's it's going to be Channing Powell, I believe, is going to be the one uh, as the showrunner with Gimple in his position as overlord, um, like, you know, making sure that he doesn't go off the rails. But that really worked out OK in uh, the world beyond. So we'll see. Yeah. No. 
Not yeah. I know, I know. No. Uh, but we, uh, I mean, it'll be coming out in, I believe, 2022, maybe in the spring. I forget when exactly. We will check it out as we will check out almost anything because we are gluttons for punishment. Yes, we are. Uh, I also found a, a, a trailer and an article in PC Gamer for a game called Undying, which looks interesting to me. They are taking the premise of Cargo, a parent who has been bitten. And the and like that's the game. You've already been bitten. There's no like avoiding death. You will be dying, but you have to take care of your child in the meantime and prepare them for it's not like cargo and they're an infant they are a small child but hopefully you can pass on to them enough survival skills so that they will be able to live on after you are gone i mean it's it's bleak but it's it's a pretty interesting premise for a game i thought it is and it looked i mean it looked good so i'm i'm curious to to see this uh, i'll hear what you say about it once it actually comes out yeah it'll be out on early access pretty soon and um, we'll have links to the uh, to the article i believe you can already find it on steam yep. um, um, there it is and last but not least but segues nicely into our walking dead reviews um Two of the Walker actors um, who were heavily featured uh, earlier on in in The Walking Dead um, as Michonne's sort of armless bodyguard or whatever you want to call them, the Walkers that she would uh, uh, sort of have behind her and she was introed. It's a very they're very like very much featured in the um, when when we first are introduced to her. Um, they are both in this uh, like haunted trail experience in St. Clair, Michigan. Um, So there's like a little feature on them, which I think is kind of awesome. Um, And I think it's fun that they did this. Yeah, there's there's a ton of these things out there around the country for Halloween, as you might imagine. I think people are really getting into uh, Halloween and spooky experiences this year after, you know, the last couple of years of pandemic feelings. Um, So uh, this one stuck out to me, the fact that they those two guys yeah, <laughs> are going to be at the same event. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, totally. I don't know if they'll be part of the um, spooky trail or if they'll just be at a table signing autographs. Oh, which that's would be true. Probably more. I, I was imagining them being on the trail, but you're probably <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if you happen to be in St. Clair, Michigan uh, in the last week of October, go check them out. Um, it's I forget their names, but it's the two. Yeah, those two guys that Michonne did not actually care for very much. Uh, their names are Moses Mosley and Thishay West, and they will be uh, there to th- thrill their fans. Um, so that's yeah, that's our news. And I, I, th- I thought that was there's a, like I said, there's a ton of those sort of like spooky houses and zombie oh, walks yeah. and zombie attacking type stuff. Uh, but that was one of the ones that I thought was sounded kind of cool. Yep. Uh, and what else was kind of cool? were the last two episodes of the first part of uh, season 11 broken promises broken and for blood. These are both directed by Sharat Raju. And then they are written by Julia Ruckman and Eric mountain in turn. Um, And this is where the season sort of ends for now. I don't know when it's coming back. I assume next year. Don't you think? Yeah, I'm not sure the timing, but, um, you know, I, I, I liked a few things about these episodes, but there are things that I really disliked. Uh, one, you know, th- exactly like what we were talking about um, the last time in, in that I want to know a lot more about how 
the Commonwealth works <laughs> just from a logistics point of view. And I, I don't feel like I have a sense of that. And uh, there's a couple of things in the storyline that I think don't completely make sense and some do, but like Commonwealth is only worse after this. Yeah, plot. it's worse. And it's just my, again, it's just that sort of my ability to believe that there is a community that actually would be functioning like this. I find a little bit of a stretch for me. Yeah. Um, but you know, basically we see, and I think this, it was pretty clear that this was something that was foreshadowed in the last episode, just with our, um, with our group, uh, Eugene, Ezekiel, Princess and Stephanie. Um, and they like, you know, they run amok of some of the policies and, um, have to are basically sentenced because they were caught um, breaking into the communications tower um, and they were sentenced to basically their kind of crap labor, which is clearing walkers, um, which is kind of harder than I would have thought they would make their their punishment labor like that is actually you could die doing yeah. that. It's not just like hard labor, like breaking rocks into smaller rocks or, or like, you know, going to work on a assembly line or something. They're they're putting themselves in harm's way. Well, they are, but there's also this weird thing where if, and and it is harsh, but I guess you'd have to have harsh punishments in order that people are too scared to break the rules that you have. But the thing that I found a little weird about it is that, you know, basically e Eugene, Ezekiel, Stephanie, all these, the newbies basically are so new that it feels to me as if they would still sort of be on trial that they're not actually in the Commonwealth. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's like once you're accepted and have passed through those screens, you're in it. But, but they talked about them as asylum seekers, that, that they were not they actual citizens. And yeah, but like, I don't know. It just felt like they would more likely, uh, I guess they could get labor out of them. But to me, it seemed more likely they would just boot them out there, but yeah. or maybe kill them. Well, I think, so that I think that was to, it was either going to, I forget what the potential, uh, sentences would have been for their crimes but this is like hornsby's solution this is his compromise yeah, yeah, yeah. that he's getting them is that you work on these these walker buildings and then we'll, you know we'll we'll get you all sorted out of course hornsby is completely manipulating all of them of um i you know that whole picnic scenario was completely a manipulation too this was all a setup right this was the fact that he split them up and sent stephanie and eugene yeah, yeah. out there like they weren't going to do exactly what he wanted them to do and that puts him in a position to get information out of eugene by the end of this episode it's all and the thing is what i don't like about it is eugene's a smart guy yeah and yet you put him in this room and he starts quivering like a bowl of jelly and you're just like dude come on man you you should see this you are the, yeah, the smart guy. It felt, it felt weird. Also, if this was his deliberate thing, his idea that they would be heroes and rescued. I mean, the the whole idea of being the the president's son or a governor's son, uh, Sebastian, um, and even his sort of like his reactions felt sort of dumb. Yeah, super um, dumb. like super stupid. And I just don't buy that. That is actually how anybody, no matter how like sheltered you might be in this world, you still got a healthy terror of walkers, no matter who you are. And, and he doesn't seem scared of them at all. And, right. and yeah, and his his other side of the reaction of like, oh, look what you did to my date. B.S. Yeah, uh, it, it just it, felt it's, strange to it's me. It's annoying. Um, and why but, is Mercer involved in this? If he's head of security for the entire community, what is? I assume that's his job title. Maybe there's another guy above yeah. him. But if this feels really low for him to be involved in, 
yeah, it does. And again, he seems to be very, I don't know. I don't buy that he's in the pocket of Hornsby, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, but he'd kind of have to be in this particular scenario to have fallen down on the job, so to speak. So I don't know. So there are things that don't add up and maybe we'll find out more. But those those were a few of the things that I was not psyched about. One thing I do think, you know, and I think that they could have done this maybe without such a heavy handed treatment of it. I mean, I think you could have somebody who like Sebastian, who is sheltered from all of this stuff um, and doesn't know how to fight, per se, and, and maybe is like very entitled. And I, I'm you know, they're clearly trying to draw parallels between, you know, they're trying to draw, I think, modern day parallels between, you know, now and then right now. But um, I think that there would have been ways to do this without making it so ridiculous. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So so and, you know, I did enjoy the the clearing of the walkers from the building and like Stephanie and, and you know, th- them kind of getting on top of each other to try to like get the clear these things and that it was very hard work and they're just kind of like doing what they got to do. So that was kind of good. Um, I was glad that they also at least established that they've been there for a couple of days doing this now too, yeah, yeah. because one of the things that I have had a hard time with this, ep- this run of episodes is the chronology. What with Alexandria going through like trials and tribulations that just feel like time must be passing their way faster than everywhere else. Because if you're, if you're like just watching the Negan and Maggie storyline and the Leah and Daryl storyline, it's been like three days. But, uh, you know, but Alexandria has somehow run out of all their food, gone hunting, run out of all that food, you know, like just everything that could go wrong is going wrong at Alexandria. But what are they on a fast forward? I don't know. But in in, in Meridian, not Meridian, but in the Commonwealth, at least they were like, yeah, we've been clearing walkers for a few days. That gives us at least a little bit of a sense that it's been it's been at least like a week probably that they've been out there doing this stuff or, you know, going through the, the initial intake and then getting in trouble on their first day and now clearing walkers for a few days. So I was glad for that. Uh, We've also got um, Ezekiel having trouble with his freaking tumor uh, and then just going to the hospital, getting what felt feels like a very band-aid type solution, some antibiotics, a little bit of, who knows what, but not like a surgery, which is probably what he really needs, uh, but coming out and being like something comes out talking like Shakespeare again. And you're just like, this feels a little overcompensating. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like, he's not cured yet. You can't, I don't know. Anyway. um, Yeah. And you've got that going on, but then we also have, um, um, is it this episode or the, this, I think it's this episode where you have uh, uh, Miko basically, um, sort of the whole weird thing with her brother continues oh, and, then, God. It, and yeah, then it yeah. turns out that they don't maybe they what's kind of ridiculous about all of this is that she does tell them in the beginning that he's a thoracic surgeon so if this is i don't know how he would have hidden that info from people i don't it, like it feels like there's and his brother and her brother is arrested or something the, they they kind of killed the mystery for that for me because I was you know in the first episode where we meet him and he's like don't tell anybody I'm a doctor I was like ooh ooh what's the what's the secret right. thing about doctors in the Commonwealth I mean you don't want anybody to know you're a doctor in The Walking Dead because doctors die first yeah, but clearly. in the Commonwealth it's like this could be helpful and her it's just that, like he doesn't he didn't like the stress I felt like that was that took all the mystery yeah out of that it, it just me. made it a little ridiculous like I just don't and. 
I, again, like, I feel like you would probably try to make yourself more valuable. Right. Um, so unless there's a mystery that they're, well, not he seems to be enjoying this, like, you know, blue collar, I, I, I bake and I live in a dorm and this is the life for me kind of thing. I mean, it's even money now that he's going to, he's going to take the tumor out of Ezekiel's neck. Right. Yeah, like th- that's gotta be you show a surgeon in episode five and right. he's going to do surgery on our guy who needs surgery in episode 12. So that's probably how that's going to go. Great. That means Ezekiel will live. And I, I love Ezekiel. So I hope that he does get that. Yeah. Um, um, so, but then like the arrest in front of her, they don't even say anything to him. And it turns out just to be another power play by Hornsby. He doesn't even really explain what yep. he is doing to tell me. I don't know that if I was Miko, that I would have accepted that, that argument. Right. The fact that they've put her in a pantsuit makes me feel like they've really defanged her too. I mean, yeah, she's I a like dangerous that. lady. She could be cleaning up. Yep. Um, but she's not really cleaning up as a lawyer or as a, a, an assassin. So I'm, I'm a little bit just like, eh, you know, all right, let's fast forward through these uh, machinations of the Commonwealth, please. So that, that was not my favorite storyline for this episode. Nope. And then uh, back at the ranch, we also have the the Reapers, um, you know, whole search for Maggie's group. Um, you've got a little bit more of context between Daryl and Leah and sort of the, the, the things, the little like, I think, schisms within the group and how they're feeling about Pope. Um, there's a point where they find this family in the woods and generally they're uh, I think it sounds like their sort of rule of thumb is that you take out anybody that you meet. And uh, when Leah calls back to Pope, that's what he tells her to do. They let the dad and the kid run away and they kill off the mom because she's too injured. But Leah like, can't even do that. Yeah. And Daryl does that. Although it feel I don't know. So there's like there's definitely some cracks in the armor of their devotion and that is a piece that I also have some skepticism about because you know you can't both sort of raise up this group as one that is completely tight supportive of each other like sort of blind faith um and then show these cracks sort of so easily I don't Mm -hmm. know it's to me it's a little bit muddy and confusing uh, on this point like and they kind of do it even within like have these like strange contradictions within minutes of each other. And like, I'll talk about a point that happens in the next uh, episode on this. Um, And, you know, there's, I don't know, like Daryl isn't totally trusting Leah, but he seems to be trusting her a little bit more. And so that's kind of, I don't uh, think he trusts her at all. I think he's trying his hardest in his quiet Daryl way to convince mm -hmm. her to, not maybe not follow not follow Pope anymore. Like he's basically every time he has a conversation with her, it's about why is she loyal to Pope? Yeah, and she has to, and she's defending her loyalty to Pope and the Reapers. And I'm like, if I was Leah, I would also see where this was going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I guess that's what bothers me is that it's like clear and I don't know. Again, much like our group at Commonwealth, I don't feel like he's newly. Um, and right. I can't think that it's an accident, um, but he's newly invited into this group and he's still on tri- like on trial, sort of, uh, in my opinion, uh, a trial run. And so it just feels like they give him a little too much freedom and a little too much leeway. But I mean, he is careful, I think, to only really talk that way in front of Leah when they're when they're by themselves. And, and they do have a little bit of a different you know relationship yeah. than than anybody else does with Daryl. But yeah, I, I agree that the. And we can get to that point um, 
that you're, you're talking about later too. Um, And then, and then, but in the, the better part of this episode, and this was probably my favorite part is the interactions between Negan and Maggie. Of course, you're the, these are your favorite parts because you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I am, although there, less you, likely you, you after. No, yeah, you don't feel it really. This, these two episodes, there's not a no. lot of um, not a lot of chemistry going on. Although here. I will say that I think if because of these episodes, if it does happen, it makes it even more like, whoa, right? Whoa. Uh, and Maggie is going to really hate herself. <laughs> I mean, they do they do come to an agreement, but then they also he also does say those things to her and i think that's in the next episode when he's he's like yeah but it killed all y'all motherfuckers and she's like what's wrong with you no i think it's this episode and it's like is it in this one yeah and yeah, it's really and it's really like striking because this is actually why and jeffrey dean morgan does an incredible job with this because it's like he does not he he does not make any bones about what he is or who he is and especially with maggie there is much more unvarnished like Negan with her and not trying to play the game with her because she know like there is a lot of honesty between them. So this particular exchange didn't shock me all that much as much as it shocked her. Um, but there was definitely it was really well done between the two of them and her reaction is sort of like, why on earth would you tell that to me? <laughs> Like, like I've, I tell you all the time how much I want to kill you. Why would you say that to me? Yeah. And he's just right. like, look, we got to be honest. I, I mean, I get it. Uh, it's, it is probably not like great for his uh, self-preservation, but uh, I mean, if I was him, I probably would have had the same reaction. Like, man, why did I ever let any of those guys go that only let them right. build their revolution? Because I let all the right. leaders go. I killed two of like their enforcers who everybody loved the two popular ones, but, <laughs> but left all the leaders alive. Uh, right. So and, yeah. And- that, but, you know, it does he they have a truce or at least a, an agreement that they can bury the hatchet, so to speak, here if um, if he helps her against the Reapers and his help is in the form of exactly what we were talking about, funnily enough, um, in the last in the last few episodes, right? which is that he is using the whisperer t- skill set. Uh, to do, ex- you know, against the Reapers, which is actually like it's a pretty cool skill set. Gotta admit, in this world, it is it is definitely worth knowing how to to herd the, the walkers. It's super useful, and they have a nice. It's not really a montage, but throughout this episode, he, it yeah. shows Maggie kind of being really bad at it, and then getting better, and Negan like being like, "Hey, good job," and try it differently. You know, do it differently next time or whatever. Uh, and I kind of wish there had been more of a learning montage of how to be a whisperer <laughs> that yeah, you yeah. could have showed them. Like, here's how you skin it. Here's how you dry the skin. Here's how you make your yep. first mask. And then showing Gabriel and Elijah, uh, they they don't. Yeah, they do actually all end up in in uh, whisperer skins. So yep. they everybody gets read in by the by the next episode. Um, and Elijah's asking Maggie, like, do you think he's changed? And she's just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's there's something in this form, so that's why he's helping. Yep. But um, yeah, I was really happy to see that, and I know I think it's kind of weird. Don't you feel weird about it? At the same time, it's like, do we do we want them to be whispers? Uh, it's a little it's a little gross, but also like we were saying, they do have a useful skill set. Well, it's a little gross, but if you're using it for these purposes, and if you're outnumbered, and if you're doing like you know. There's not many advantages that they have here. This is definitely one. And most people have not seen what the whispers do. So 
And as we see in the next episode, that's definitely true. Yeah, um, Ooh, man, that the the scene where Wells buys it, I, it's a little dumb, but it's also very impactful because yep. uh, it's basically like this is how Jesus went out, uh, except we don't like Wells or we don't know him very well. Uh, um, also, at the very end of the first episode that we're talking about, Elijah sees the zombie of his sister, which is yeah, he starts he starts crying that. and Maggie holds his hand. And so we've got more of this like emotional Elijah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping I also, we get more development for this character. I hope we get more development, but I also thought that the good thing that it showed or the, the highlight that it showed is that as they are sort of hurting this particular group of walkers, these are all people they knew because yeah. Meridian was, was breached by Pope's group and they killed everybody. Um, so it's not just that these are walkers. These are walkers of people that they know. And that makes it even more fraught. And so I thought that that was a good way to highlight that particular piece of information. And I thought it was a really nice bit of narr- narrative there um, with no with no uh, dialogue. And it shows that the know, Reapers were basically killing kids, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's, so anyway, yeah. Uh, and we and this jumps into the next episode. And we see a little bit more of Alexandria here and how dire it's become. And again, I just um, I have to say there's so much about this that doesn't, you know, I get that there's a storm and that the, the walls are breached and all this other stuff. But again, this is a group of people who have survived through so much. And I just feel like they always seem, at least in this particular season, have seemed a little too helpless. Um, and I know that they're trying to show how worn down and and tired everybody is and hungry and all of that stuff. But when it comes to sort of Walker sort of sense, it just feels like they've forgotten everything conveniently. Um, like they have lights going on in the house and somehow, somehow the walkers are all drawn to that house. I like, I don't know. What do you think about this? Yeah. The, the <laughs> fact that the walkers all end up on their porch does feel a little bit odd. Um, also the fact that Gracie's deciding to practice swordsmanship in front of an open window right. and the fact that their front door has suddenly rotted out right. uh, and it's under, it's under eaves. Like how does this even happen? Right. So yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. They, they're just the showrunners want Alexandria to feel like it's on its last legs. And they, they managed to do that. You don't feel like this is a thriving community or even it's like one house is really all we even get to see during this episode. Right. So we don't know how many other homes there are. We know that Jerry, I think has his own place. Jerry's not in this episode, but Nabila is, which is weird. Why aren't they in the same house? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of odd, but uh, yeah. Oh, also from the last episode, one more thing that Le- Leah does tell Daryl during one of their conversations when they're out scouting when, before they find that family is that she basically, she admits that they needed a shelter. So they took Meridian. Like she has, they're, they're just there's no sympathetic angle to the Reapers no. story. It's just like, oh, we needed something. So we took it and we killed everybody who was there. And uh, in the next episode, it's like we're going to kill everybody. Who, or we're going to chase them down and kill the rest of them because we don't want them to come back. It's just it's so bloodthirsty and, and, and cruel uh, that you're just like, oh, wh- why? Why does Daryl even really keep trying? With, yeah. with her after a, after a while is kind of the question. And I don't know. I mean, maybe by the end of this next episode for blood, maybe there is no more relationship there to be salvaged, but I feel well, like they're probably going to try again, aren't they? I don't know, but I think, you know, I think at least I was reading it is that mm, he's, you know, he always does his reconnaissance. Well, 
I think he was seeing if there was maybe a chance of redemption and the more he hears from her, the less he is enjoying, although he makes one more try. Um, so I don't know. That's, that's the, but, but I also feel like he's trying to get more info out of her about just how things work and whether they really buy into what Pope says. Um, and it's clear that they don't, but it's like, but they're kind of with him because he's the most powerful or it gave them something to hold on to is kind of the answer that she gives him, which yeah, is not I, a very good one. I think, I think like it's also the the trope of the commander is kind of losing it. Um, certainly in this episode, he like compares himself to God. That's what kind of the last straw for Leah yeah. lets her, it gives her the free freedom to do what she has to do at the end of the episode or not the end, but to finally get rid of him. But I think that, you know, the idea is that he had been a compassionate, more compassionate leader to begin with, who had built up this culture of family bonds between the mercenaries. So that would have made more sense then. But um, over time, he has become unhinged. Uh, but, you, you know, you were making good points earlier, and I'm sorry to, to derail us from Alexandria. There, there is... Yeah, like and the fact that they split up the, the Alexandrians into these three teams... Um, and then we don't get to see what any of the outside teams get up to out there, right? It's all all the action stays in the house. Um, but this is good because it lets us see kind of Judith and Gracie. Uh, Judith continues to just be like this in incredible uh, member of the community. Like she's helped. She wants to go out and help the grownups, but she also sees that she can be helpful in, indoors and really helps Gracie because Gracie's losing it. And when Gracie is uh, crying and telling Aaron she doesn't want him to go. Honestly, I don't think she's crying, but she's just saying, Daryl or dad, please don't go. And Aaron's like, I have to. It made yeah. me so, it made me very emotional. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that's, you know, it's hard to be a kid in this. I didn't mind a couple of these things, but again, it just didn't sort of wash with what we know about this community. And honestly, even what we see with like Rosita, I mean, she's pretty badass and there's a pretty cool scene where she takes out all of these walkers. Oh, that's a but, superhero scene. Yeah, yeah, it's totally superhero. And it's you can see the obvious like parallels that, you know, when when um, that they're making between her and Michonne, basically. Um, but also, OK, again, this is one of my issues, which is like this group has been around long enough to know what to do if walkers are like, say, swarming a house like this, like Rosita, I don't believe would have just sit there and defending it like that. She would have led them away, which is everybody knows how to do that. Mm. And it just seems so strange to me that this is what they that they would get into the position where they are, you know, kind of hold up in a in a really dangerous way. But again, I digress. Um, but back to the uh, Meridian stuff, which is the main action of this whole episode. Um, you've got the whole, you know, they've mastered the Whisperer skills. They're bringing the Horde in. And coolly, like, Pope and them all have the same reaction that basically the Alexandrians and Hilltoppers did over the Whisperers. Because they've never seen a herd acting like this. And You mean coolly, like, that That was a cool story beat for them to be like, oh, yeah. oh have you ever yeah. seen walkers move like that before? Yeah. Yeah, I thought good. that was it was cool to hear those sa those same bits of dialogue spoken by now the bad guys. Yeah, that was right. that was cool. Um, and and Daryl, honestly, like he he is he's more savvy or like sly than I would have <laughs> given him credit for. He yeah. lies well and he, he tells does. the right lies a lot of the time. Yeah. Where I would be like, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what that is, or or you know, I'd say something wrong. But he's just like, yeah, I've seen that before uh, down south. I don't know what it meant. 
<laughs> and then like it, they'll just walk away by themselves or I can go and lead them away. Like he is he is coming up with solutions um, that will let him like talk to Maggie and uh, whoever's out there. Yep. Uh, he, he sees he sees the writing on the wall and he continues to help them as this episode goes long. And I will say he's got like Norman Reedus has like, look, he, he Daryl doesn't often have like he does not have a ton of dialogue, but his facial expressions are awesome. Well, there's so a whole there was, scene about his face in this. Right. Right. Episode. So there, the moment when he realizes what is happening out there and he like like it's a pretty cool one because he's like damn they're doing the whisperer thing you know <laughs> like it's a pretty cool thing yeah. um so and also by offering to go out and them sending somebody else you know he sort of takes away some um suspicion towards him because you know they obviously send one of their own out uh wells and that does not go very well well, okay, let's talk quickly about this scene. It's not a long scene, but so he's leading them away. He's way too close to the yeah. to the front of the herd. Even I mean, he could be he could be 40, 50 feet in front of that herd. Yeah. They would still follow him based on yeah. his knowledge of zombies. And then when the other one shows up, they're coming from like a, a the left of yeah. in the direction of travel of the herd. And he doesn't just lead them off to the right. He doesn't just walk diagonally off to the right. He decides to stand in between the two herds and start stabbing them and gets yeah. on the radio. And he's like, we've got a problem. Like he, he basically chooses to die in this. I don't know. Even if there weren't whisper or, you know, Maggie and Negan there to stab him, which was awesome. Yeah, that he, was pretty he, cool. he would have been overwhelmed by the hundreds of zombies that were just col- uh, collapsing. Well, on him. I thought what they were trying to play is that all of them, are pretty cocky about their skill set here and they don't they no longer view walkers as a threat in the way that they probably should um but i didn't think it was done artfully i think there was a better way to do it because it did seem pretty obvious that he shouldn't be where he was and he was too close and all that fun stuff so this episode does do a good job of set like what you're saying they are very skilled basically maggie in the last parts of this episode can't even land a hit on this one guy like yeah. she's just swinging at this dude and he's just dodging. Mm-hmm. Um, we we don't see that many uh, reapers actually go down. Um, Wells is one of just a couple. I think two more get taken out in this episode. These guys are hard to kill. And our our guys can only really get the better of them, them. when there's when there's a complete surprise, like in this case where they had no idea what a whisperer was. Um, and now I think they probably will after this. Uh, but yeah, Wells, that first dodge stab is straight out of the Jesus attack playbook. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, that was a little bit hard. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was like, Oh man, that's how Jesus died. Um, and, and Wells goes out screaming and Maggie and Negan kind of walk away in their whisper stuff. And it's, it's badass and terrible all at the same time. Yep. yep. Um, cool. and then we have the whole, you know, the, the big battle between the two, um, Reapers have some landmines there. There's, you know, I do like how Gabriel's, um, you know, By some landmines. You mean they have like forty? Yeah, it's they an have absurd a amount of explosives. Um, but then I like how Gabriel and Maggie have a plan, and Gabriel's like kind of going in and doing his thing, and then you know, the whole unveiling of the uh, whatever it's called, the Huacha. The Huacha. It's basically um, a Kat- Katusha rocket launcher with arrows and. Yet more explosives. I don't know how they have so much explosives. These guys, this Um, at this point in the the apocalypse. Um, There's also the scenes with with Daryl, like kind of befriending the fallout boy looking Reaper. Yeah, 
Yeah, and with um, the cigarette thing, they, he establishes a rapport with cigarettes with this with this poor man, um, and then kills him. Kills him. Kills, kills him. Straight him over up. the wall. Um, but then there's a really uh, there's a nice nonchalant thing where he like you know he lets Maggie and basically he, you know he's kind of going around he's doing all this sort of stuff behind the scenes to help them, to help Maggie and her team. And then we've got you know, they're they're this is a pretty tough. Uh, it's going to be a tough go because this is a really hard group of people to kill um they've got a lot of superior weaponry and and training and um well their weaponry isn't that superior actually maggie i would say has she she's somehow managed to hide a sniper rifle in this compound that gabriel gets a hold of but he is blind in one eye and not the best shot he does kill one but then his next like three shots all miss. Yeah, I know. Um, in the one-eyed priest, to, I don't know. Anyway, the, but the biggest scene here, it, the one between Daryl and Leah, where they take Pope out. So they take Pope out, but they also take out. Um, yeah, the, the other guy. And I mean, I think you know you can kind of see Leah's true colors here clearly. Like she doesn't. She does not care whether they have taken out, quote unquote, her family, which is kind of what she says. She just wants a power grab. She wants to be the one in charge now. Clearly. I don't know that I agree with that. I think I she's when she sees that Daryl has taken out the guy who built the, the Huacha, that is actually when she kind of decides, no, mm. I'm, I'm upset by this. This didn't have to happen. Mm. He, like like Pope had to die because he was ordering them to fire the Huacha on mm. her team. So I think it's both. I think it's a power grab and because she thinks she can lead better than Pope was because Pope was basically Maybe, getting them all killed. The thing is, is that the other guy had to die because he was a witness to Pope dying. So he was a witness. He... And he, I don't know. Was he running away or was he going to attack? It looked like he was maybe running away. I don't know. But regardless, she couldn't have let him live if she was going to take over because he knew what had actually happened. Um, but in any case, like she dimes, dimes out Daryl uh, and. Yep. And there's so there's probably a dozen Reapers left if unless the numbers are wrong, it's yeah. still enough of, of them to be extremely dangerous to uh, yeah. to anybody. Um, so that's going to be a problem. And the Huacha getting fired into the courtyard at Negan and Maggie at the very yeah, end of the episode is obviously crazy. a big, uh, a big question mark. So we'll see what happens, I guess, when we come back. Uh, but, you know, Daryl and Leah probably done forever enemies forever probably unless you know something else happens where he's able to save her and she can convince whatever dregs of the reapers that are left to come and help alexandria but then that will fill like okay we've also gone down this road before this is the thing though man like okay so there are these like elite soldiers or whatever they needed shelter and food so they took it why wouldn't they just be like look we can come to your community and why wouldn't they go for the the friendlier approach. You know? Well, and also, if you think about it, it probably would have made more sense because then they've got all these resources that are right there, right? Like they have people building, like producing things, making crops. Like they don't seem to be doing anything but going, and they've even admitted it, going from community to community and just kind of destroying it, which doesn't make a ton of sense from a sustainability point of view. And you're putting yeah. your people at risk every time. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense overall. No. I, yeah, so oh. that not not the best kind of baddie. Maybe it would have made sense earlier in the uh, Zombocalypse. Yeah, 
But yeah, like the saviors, at least were doing this exact thing, but with a sustainable model, which was kind right. of, it wasn't super sustainable, obviously, because uh, they, they overtaxed the communities that they were asking for tithes from. Right. But it was at least like, all right, we'll be the, we'll it be the enforcers. idea of it, at least, you know, yeah. that this was supposed to be something that, you know, conquering whatever would eventually take the skills of others and keep things going. Um, but this episode, leaving this uh, at this point, there's a couple of um, big cliffhangers here. You got Judith and Gracie in the flooding basement of the house with zombies at the door. Uh, everybody else has gone upstairs. Um, and uh, and then you've got the watcher getting fired into the courtyard almost directly at Maggie and Negan. We'll have to see how they do. And uh, Elijah, I think, was hit by shrapnel out in the fields mm-hmm. when the when the mines were going off. I don't know what they were doing walking through a minefield. Yeah. That didn't feel like necessary. I mean, once all the explosives start going off, the zombies are going to be drawn toward that. They don't have to be there to do to like help out. I don't know. Didn't feel like that was necessary. Nope. But it does help them get in the door. Uh, I I don't remember seeing Elijah in the final fight scene. I think he was kind of somewhere else. I don't know anymore if I'm supposed to be suspecting him as being a Reaper. It doesn't feel like it. It's just his costume was way too close to what they do. Although also none of them are wearing masks anymore. They have no. them on their belts, but none of them have them on. Wells didn't no. have his on when he went out into the woods. Nobody has them on. And I'm like, what was the point of the masks? That was just like when we first meet them. Yeah, I don't know. I would like them to develop Elijah more just because I think it could be an interesting character. But again, I have no idea what they're doing with that. Um, another couple of good points. I will say that Maggie's work, both in this one and the last one in terms of like, especially with this one where she like gets in and gets the truck um is like pretty cool like i like i like how they have her in action and it's the first kind of it's the first time we've seen well okay maybe maybe she would be an okay leader in some sense um where she's trying to lead a successful siege and get the food and and do all that so i feel like that at least you know we're some pretty like the choreo the choreography of some of these scenes is pretty good um but you know, I, I just curious to see what happens. They did leave a little bit of a cliffhanger thing. Um, and let's see. It's a pretty big cliffhanger thing. Yeah. What are you looking for? I was seeing when they had said it would come back. I don't think uh, there's nothing in Wikipedia no. suggesting when they'll come back, which I mean, Wikipedia is probably the last ones to know, but still. February 20th, 2022. That is a long time from now. But as we pointed out, uh, World Beyond and Fear the Walking Dead are both on the air now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. They both are. I've seen articles suggesting the feedback about both of them. We've also got day of the dead. We've got, uh, you know, uh, Kyle Diaz friend of the show was saying that midnight mass was a good, a good show that he had recently binged through. It's full of vampires. And so HA, I do posit to you that we need to figure out what we're going to do next. Um, I don't, I don't think we want to stay in the walking dead consistently. Why don't we, why don't we try out the midnight mass thing? If you, if you, if he's talking about it, we can move to vampires for Halloween season. No. Yeah. It's a, it, I believe it's a mini series, like eight episodes or something like that. Does so, he want to join us for maybe? A I mean, I, I will extend the invitation. He knows it's an open door. So um, we'll, we'll see if we can get Kyle back and we can talk about some midnight mass. I understand that's a pretty, pretty good show. Um, I mean, so give me, but before we go, H.A., what, what are your impressions? Are you, are you liking season 11 so far? Eight episodes in? Um, I like, ap- I like 
sort of aspects of it. Um, I do feel like one of the things that you and I have talked about overall is that there's so many storylines and they try to cram a lot in. And I don't know that they're always successful in showing the things that they want to show. Um, and it's made the pacing of it, I think, a little disjointed. Um, I do think that you know, as you said, we're seeing like repetition in terms of certain storylines or ideas. And it does feel like a repeat to some extent, but there are some really good bright spots. And, you know, I would like to focus a little more on Negan um, and Maggie and that kind of sort of conflict that they're having because it is an interesting storyline and that sort of is exciting. I would like to see more about how the Commonwealth actually works um, and just the nitty gritty. Um, I don't know that we will, but it just feels unrealistic and maybe that's deliberate. Maybe there are a lot of things that is, are being hidden um, to sort of present this disnified um, community. And it looks like we might be right about certain points, but that, you know, I kind of wish they had gone a little bit more into the logistics of how this community works, but maybe they're deliberately keeping it veiled to reveal for the next half. Right. Yeah. I agree with you. I think Commonwealth needs, needs a lot of work. Um, And yet it's not like, it's not a location where I want to spend a lot of time because I don't feel like the story is that good there. It's it's just like politics there. And as opposed to like the, uh, and that contrasted with Alexandria, where it's like our doors are falling apart. Yep. We have no food. Like there, there is such different stories, and it, there's like a huge chasm between the two. That um, I, I'm kind of more interested in the our community is on its last leg story than I am with the ooh the the governor's son is a is a meanie. You yeah. know, like that just yeah. to me doesn't really resonate. So I I, I want to see the Commonwealth story really evolve but right. without going, without having to languish in the suit and tie stuff for much longer. That's really um, annoying. And another bright spot, and I'll admit to you, I'm surprised to even admit this just because in the past they have not done the best job at this. I do like the the kids storyline throughout these episode arcs um, with Judith and, um, you know, uh, yeah, Gracie Grace and all them. And yeah. All the kids, because I do think that that is an interesting thing because these are kids that really don't know anything else. So kind of seeing their perspective and a realistic perspective. And I do think that they have written much better for the kids, like in terms of their characters and things like that. So I think that's been a kind of a cool, bright spot. Um, and maybe maybe that is deliberate and maybe we will see a spinoff, possibly. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we, if we did. Um, but that this is a different perspective, even how the kids were talking about basically letting the adults comfort themselves by saying they'll be back and whatever. And the kids are like, yeah, but we know that they might not be, you know, like that kind of stuff I think is really, those were good little windows into the reality of this world um, and a different experience in this world. So I kind of liked that and yeah. would like to see a little bit more of that. I would love to see more of that. And and frankly, those were some of my, as I've said before, those are some of my favorite scenes and the, the exchange between Gracie and Judith about fear Yep. And these episodes was also really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope that they can stay away from from other, you know, child actor plotline traps. But I'm, well, right. I'm ex- and yeah. I, I mean, but, not having not worrying about whether Carl's in the house like that is no longer or doesn't. I mean, a little bit with them running out of the basement, but they're also taking care of themselves and they're also like 
they're doing a little bit of the Carl thing, I think, with Gracie, but hopefully they'll get away from it. Um, she had the right idea. She wasn't like out there throwing rocks at walkers in the. Sure, yeah. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I'm I'm pretty much on board. I agree with you. The the Commonwealth is the uh, the anomaly here. Um, obviously, it's going to be majorly important for the latter half or part of the season. Something about that has to has to pay off for all this effort. Um, and I'm a little bit bummed out that the Reapers are still going to be a factor going forward. Like I was kind of hoping to, to sew that up, but they are, they're a threat. So, um, all right. So we will come back to the prime show in February. It's so long away. Um, and, and then, but next time we can, we can talk about some, uh, vampires. Sweet. All right. Well, until next time, let us know what you think, um, about the mid season finale. You can leave us, a message on our our, our site reanimatedpodcast.com tweet at us reanimatedpcast or send us an email reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com and until next time ciao all right thank you and cheerio